0: Warning! WARNING!
1: The podcast you're about to hear is very filthy. We say naughty words you use as a dog anyway. It'll cause you not to eat your vegetables, and your mom generally thinks it's a bad idea.
0: Any moment of the show that has any similarity to the history of any person living or dead, real or fictional, or real events, are entirely coincidental and unintentional.
2: Unless we're specifically noted, otherwise in the cast and crew credits, all celebrity voices are impersonated, and News no Liberty has endorsed any aspect of this show. For all of you about ready to listen to the rest of the episode, please understand that we apologize in our advance for our stupidity. We do understand that the movie The Green Lantern is A, not the Green Hornet, and B will not feature Seth Rogen. Yes, that fat guy from Knocked Up and Zachamiri make a porno. Thank you. And now with apologies out of the way to Mark Guggenheim, here is the good, the bad and the geeky. welcome out to a very special episode of The Good, The Bad, and the Geeky. Uh, I'm your host, of the most, Nick Nitro. With me are my other host of the most. Does that makes sense. No. No. Not no. Really. Yeah, well, I tried. It's I was, okay. I'm, I'm Jimmy. And I'm John. Rock and frickin' roll. And we're going to go through the news here real quick.
0: In just a few minutes, we're going to be speaking with our very, very special guest. I know. Yeah. The biggest guest the show has ever gotten, and that is John's little In, brother Austin. It really aren't yeah. only guests we have
2: <laughs> ever gotten.
0: No, you had that other
2: guest like, a year ago that you did by yourself. Kevin Heyman. Who? Oh, uh, not Kevin Heyman. Uh, oh. Kevin, uh, oh my god, he's going to kill me when he hears this.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: Jesus. Uh, Kevin Nealit. cool Kevin Ghoul My god, he's Kevin from Detective Ford. We talked about Ninja Turtles. Yes, oh.
0: for, like, a whole hour.
2: Yes. He's not a real, I should clarify, it was just more of a. I wanted to talk about comic books and for an hour, and, and John it and Jimmy did I did, because I, I know if I try to talk about it, you will have nothing to say about it, and you will and then you try to move on, and then it's like, but let's have a theme episode. Yeah. But anyway... It's understandable. Which so, so, is, yeah, so, is a big
0: episode, as Nick and I thought... Nick thought the whole theme of the interview should be Eli Stone. No, I know. I did not...
2: Air. Now, did I say that the <laughs> entire... Now, you're fucking taking words out of my mouth. <laughs> yes, I, I did not say the whole interview should be Eli I know. Stone. You I said, said like half of a possible <laughs> hour interview... Possible hour. Half. Yeah. I said like you know what do we talk about? My my reasoning for this I didn't tell you my reasoning. Yeah. I'm telling you now. Okay. My reasoning yeah. for it is like what do we talk about on the show? We talk about Eli Stone. Well yeah. Do yeah. I really I talk, talk about? I want to talk about Green Hornet.
0: I I, do. I I want to
2: talk about Green Hornet too, but but like Play's at the same time I, I that's that's what we normally I'll all talk about. talk about
0: Superman's cameo
2: in Green Hornet. All right. Well I could give. It
0: and up. I want to know if it's Brandon Well Brandon Routh or Tom Welling.
1: Ruth. We should ask him about uh. Uh, what
2: the fuck is your gay show? Brothers and sisters. No. Oh,
0: Battlestar.
2: Well, you just called the show he was supervising producer on, a gay show. I love that show. You know, Mark's going to come back and listen to that. He's just going to be like, the fucking Zeus man. I, are
1: we on a first date basis? How does he feel uh, about Battlestar? I'm sorry, Mr.
2: Guggenheim. <laughs> that's about, what does he feel? How does he feel
1: don't about Battlestar? Don't worry, Battle that's Star? been taken care of. Written uh, break. Star. Which I already? heard it got canceled, Okay, okay, let's do to And then Smallville. Okay. That... It's a crappy show anyway.
0: No, it's not. Yeah, it is. He, wants the, he would like Tom Welling to be Superman in his Green Hornet movie. <clears throat>
2: I'm sure anyway, anyway, Prison no sp-
0: Break was canceled, which was not a surprise at all. They are going to do a two-hour finale. It will air this spring. There will be at least six more episodes to air. They may get a couple more episodes. But this will be the final season, which wasn't what was expected. It was a natural ending to the show. No biggie. I, I don't know why people take delight in it, Nick, because it was a really good show. and It's run its uh-huh. course. Swingtown was also officially canceled this week, uh, summer series on CBS that was rumored to be canceled for months now.
2: Your face is so pretty now, Jimmy. Lipstick Aww, Jungle oh, has not been
0: canceled, and they were just talking to an executive who said they have faith in Lipstick Jungle and Life, and there was a third show, and even though they haven't been picked up yet, they really think that they're going to get... Life is freaking awesome. Four seasons. Another season. And Eli Stone, I know the sets are still up, so hopefully that does a shot. But, anyway. We'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> uh, my status news story this week was recorded month died. Die. Mont- con. Bon, bon. Con. Con! the guy Fancy Island or whatever. He's, he's con, so, from Star Trek.
2: All I like when he tries, the he starts going time. into the Star Trek two script and freakazoid. And he's like, I spit at you, Freakazoid, with pinto beans and muffins. <laughs> Wait. And then, like, yeah, Craig Ferguson, is like, I oh, you saw you are reading from the right script there. <laughs> I, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, curse you, Freakazoid, I'll get you yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: The um, opposite of cancellation, The Office and 30 Rock were picked up yeah. for a full season next year and Till Death on Fox. And also Biggest Loser, but I don't care about Biggest Loser. Yeah. Um, I don't watch That's Till Death sad. anymore either, but... That those shows were picked up For a full season next year John Mayer Is going ahead With his variety show For CBS Which may be a backdoor pilot Like the Rosie Variety show is intended to be Oh
2: but it will actually be good so
0: Hopefully Because it's John Mayer Yeah We'll see uh, The Arrested Development movie Is moving forward And they have the entire cast signed except for Michael Sarah. Which is a little bit Of concern But they said That the talks with him Have been hopeful It's just he's got A really busy plate You know he's had The most success Coming off of Arrested Development so hopefully they'll get him signed. Yeah. And they haven't finished the script yet because they're waiting to see if they can get him or not. But when asked if the Michael and his sister love story would be a thing since they found out they weren't really brother and sister in the finale of the series, he mm-hmm. said, that's a good idea. <laughs> so hopefully they'll follow up on that because Portia De La Rosie and Jason Bateman, I thought it was kind of a neat idea at the end.
1: Yeah.
0: Gossip Girl is officially doing a spin off. They're going to do a young Lily. Rumor woman. Mother. <clears throat> what? rumor woman no oh okay I get it um, the young Lily Lily Vanderwoodson but they won't include woman. talking behind her back
1: female
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they're doing a backdoor pilot in the pet <laughs> ultimate episode of this season backdoor Oh. they'll do it as a flashback Yay. and then they'll spin it off uh, they just signed Matt Weiner <laughs> to do two more seasons of Mad Men so it is a go which was in doubt the final Cylon was revealed on Battlestar Galactica Friday Night, but I haven't seen it, so don't tell me. Turn
1: I it. saw it. I'm going to tell you. You don't know who it
0: is. It sucked. Yeah, right. I heard that episode was awesome. Uh, Watchmen, the movie, is a go. They paid a big settlement, and it will come out in March, as originally reported it. Woo-hoo! Which Yay. is big news, because that could have been tied up, and it would have been bad. Also, Faye Dunaway is going to move on to Grey's Anatomy here. Just as Melissa George moves out, she had been told she may get picked up as a main character, but it turns out they didn't like where her character was going.
2: That sucks, dude. That does suck. Melissa George, uh, well, that's not what sucks. For those who can't obviously see what we're doing, um, There's ketchup. We, a little bit. Me and John have not had anything to eat all day, except for I had some barbecue chips and water, and that was it. And lentil. I didn't have lentil. Um, so we ordered something before the show. Uh, Me and John did, and he got. And I asked for extra ketchup. <laughs> and I even gave. I think five they purposely gave me
1: less ketchup.
2: And like, the, there's this big giant cup, and it's like, you look, you only have like not even a fro a wedge from Donatos, and you are, it's all your ketchup's almost gone. That's alright. I'm Do so you sorry. have ketchup
0: downstairs? I will give you my key. You can go get ketchup from
2: my house. You know what? I might have, or is that chocolate syrup? I can't remember. Uh, Either way. No, you don't want to eat, I obviously don't eat chocolate syrup, but I only have like four condiments, so. Yeah. So go ahead.
0: That's good. Uh, Laura Prepon from That 70s Show In October Road is doing at least five episodes of How I Met Your Mother as Ted's new girlfriend. Is she the mother? Only time will tell.
2: That's what they say about every girlfriend on that show. And I'm just going to like, you know what?
0: Well, like her, so let's go with it. No, Amy no. Ryan was coming back to the office, hopefully for the season finale. They would like to sign her as a main cast member, but they're not sure she'll be available. But they are back in talks with her and confirm that she should be coming back at some point.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Scott Macula will be doing at least three episodes as Chuck, as Chuck's dad. And Chevy Chase sweet. will be Chuck's dad's partner. Sweet! <laughs> Which is pretty sweet. They should be showing up in April, about the to- last three episodes of the season.
2: Awesome. I'll Very love excited. Say.
0: And also, Richard Alpert on Lost, who's the character who's kind of been on and off for a while, the one that doesn't age in the flashbacks and stuff, and, you know, time drama's going to be a big component of the show now. Mm -hmm. He is having a hugely increased role this season and next. They haven't signed him as a main character, but as soon as Kane was canceled, they said Mm -hmm. they snapped that man up because they want him on Lost a lot.
1: Speaking of Lost, did you watch Starting Out Live last night? Not yet. The Weekend Update thing?
0: I haven't watched anything. Let me just
1: tell you one joke. What? Said so you know you know the plane crash that happened in the Hudson River. Earlier? Yeah. The joke was.
0: Everybody survive.
1: Well, it was like, oh wow, look they. uh... It took them like an hour to figure out what it's taken
0: <laughs> lost
1: four years to do.
0: <laughs> they also said Sawyer is he was kind of shafted last year because of the Oceanic Six, and Whatever. he will get to make up this season with lots and lots of screen time, he and he'll be awesome. the one going time travel sucks. I don't like time travel, and grounding everybody and voicing the fans' opinions who don't like time travel. Mm -hmm. And Jin is still a regular cast member, so quit writing him off. They're not saying whether he died on the boat, but he in some way will still be involved in the show quite Mm -hmm. heavily. So that's all the news I have this week. I can't wait to get home and watch the Malstar Galactica premiere and Friday night premiere for those of us who don't have DirecTV and Saturday Night Live and The Beast with Patrick Swayze, because I didn't watch that yet. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got. I'm
2: excited here for this. Oh, wait a minute. One last... uh, Oh, you got a news story? One last news story, and that is that Prison Break has been canceled. Thank you.
0: We already talked about that. Yay! Yay. You know what? You guys need to fucking kiss my ass.
2: Yeah. You go pissed me morning. off
0: on Twitter the other night, right? You know what,
2: I tried to just, I just said that, I said, I just like to reiterate, it's been cancelled.
0: And with, like, happiness, and that really pissed me off that you're taking such delight in my like, show, coming to its natural Like, two end.
2: times, I've tried to, like, let it go, like, I was, like, I was trying not to push any buttons. And then, like, he's oh, like, too late. Too late. I mean, it's like, it's like numbers.
0: It made me mad because it's like you guys are like celebrating the end of it when it actually ran its course and did a natural end. My
2: problem with that show was that it wasn't really Prison Break. It was season one and three. But two and four were tied into the prison break.
0: It was all the same plot. No. No. They, yes it was. Wrong! They wrong. tied of the conspiracy <laughs> that landed them in the prison in the first place. That wrong, 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 wrong. Because wrong. it was wrong. falsely put in prison. Wrong, and wrong, wrong, wrong. You know what, it's 850, not 8. We need to be punctual with our interview. Let's do this. <laughs> you Let's... jerks.
3: Hello?
2: Hey, Mark, uh, this is Nick Nitro from the Good, the Bad, and the Geeky. Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself?
3: Very good, very good. Good, I'm good. I want to thank you room. so much
2: for, for doing the interview. I, I greatly appreciate it. And um, I'm Nick, and with me is Jimmy. Say hi. Sorry. Hi. You guys speak for yourself. i uh, And Mark, I'm John.
4: And I'm Jimmy. Hey, John, how are you?
1: <laughs> good, how are you?
4: <laughs> very good, very
1: good. We're real professional here, just by the way. <laughs>
4: No worries. No worries whatsoever. Great. Um How how's everything going?
2: Oh, every everything here is is absolutely wonderful. Uh do you have any uh audio feedback or anything on your guys' end or are you asking me? Yeah, sorry.
4: Yeah, oh, I forgot there's like uh, other no. people
2: here. I'm so sorry. Oh
4: yeah, no no, I'm uh no, I'm I'm good. I can hear you guys just fine.
2: Okay, alright, good. So uh who here would like to ask the first question? Go for it, Nick. Uh, go for it, me? Okay. Um, oh, God. Um, all right, well, I, first all, I mean the most recent thing that happened, Mark, uh, Well, do you mind if we talk about Eli Stone first? No, all right. not at all. Um, um, not first off, me and Jimmy are very huge, huge. fans, as I emailed uh, you before with that. Uh, we're huge fans on Eli Stone, and um, <coughs> over, uh, I think, this last week, they had the Critics Association meet mm-hmm. down and talk about shows, and... Um, uh, recently, ABC head honcho Steve McPherson was asked about last year's shows, you know, ones that were so supposedly already canceled, like um, Pushing Daisies and Dirty Sexy Money. Now, he never once did say Eli Stone. And, yeah. And one of the things that he also noted was that uh, we like to air the endings of these shows. I wish they had been able to give the producers a ending notice so they could really have a finale. And then he, after the panel, he said he would probably put the episodes online and in another interview you said or in one of your interviews on the website you noted that Eli Stone isn't officially thrown in the towel yet and after that Critics Association meeting it looks better in your favor what's the status of Eli Stone?
4: Uh well let's see we uh wrapped episode 13 of the second season and um I um am in the middle of I I wouldn't say the middle I would say towards the end of uh, post-production on uh the last uh two episodes um the episode twelve uh, episode twelve and thirteen are both locked um, episode twelve uh, we're still finalizing some of the visual effects uh episode thirteen we're just getting started on the visual effects uh, and that's actually a very visual effects heavy heavy episodes so it'll take a little bit of time to uh to get that looking but um so there's still you know there's work to do on it um, you know i've been going to stops each day um and doing you know what needs to get done and uh you know, you just keep moving forward. Well,
2: that That's good. Um, what? Uh, how how long does it take you? I mean, so the, this break is actually giving you guys a little bit more time to make the episodes look good digitally, or like with the effects and whatnot?
4: Um, you know, we've, 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 wor- we've been working with the new visual effects house uh, this season, who, I have to say, their, their name is Zoic, and they did the effects for Battlestar Galactica, at least the first like, three seasons, um, and uh, the effects for uh, Firefly and Serenity, and they're amazing. um, Sweet. And, um
2: well,
4: I yeah. don't... You know, no, sorry I'm sorry. Much. Go ahead. Um, you know, so they're really, really fantastic, and basically, you know, I don't think they need extra time, but yeah, I mean, obviously we, we've got it if we need it, but uh, we're on schedule. schedule. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think um, time is going to be a factor. Um, and these guys don't, you know, seem to require too many bites at the apple. Usually they uh get things, you know, right pretty quickly uh, you know, or early in the process. So um I'm just uh, you know, happy the way the last you know a couple episodes turned out and uh I'm yeah. hoping that they'll uh you know get out there sooner rather than later. I'm I'm pretty confident that ABC will, will get around to airing them. Um because PCA comments were all limited to um, episode, episodes airing before June. Um and truth to tell I never really had a realistic expectation that mm-hmm. the show would get back on the air before June, but I fully I totally expected to uh, you know, air the remaining four episodes during the summer. So um yeah, there really wasn't any sort of new news um, as far as I was concerned, uh coming out of these the TCA's, Um like I said, I didn't really expect the show to get back on A B C schedule before uh June.
2: Okay. Well, you did say something there that was really interesting and um I, I was watching, uh, I, I, this sort of ties into what I was watching, but also Jimmy started just like squealing like a little girl, because he's a huge fan of the I made no life, noise. But, Oh, but you wanted to. I wanted to. You I, want to. I you love his face, he's just going like, yeah. So uh, <laughs> that, that's what a little girl squeals out. It does. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. makes that noise a sound, lot. <laughs>
1: like it sounds like Red Alert on the Enterprise. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> referencing oh, another man. one of my
0: shows.
2: Yeah, but he's a huge uh, Battlestar Galactica fan, and as such, I'll be the one to ask this because Jimmy wanted to ask you: Are you a huge Battlestar Galactica fan as well?
4: Beyond huge. Every, there time you go. every time oh. I think I, I love that show, I couldn't love that show more. I watch like an episode like they had on Friday night, and uh, I'm like, I, I, it, that show never ceases to blow me away.
0: What did you think of that premiere?
4: Oh my God, it was spectacular. Honestly, I think it was one of the best episodes of the show. Ah. Uh,
0: and
4: that's really saying something. I mean, that's oh, that is a show uh, where the bar is set very, very, very high,
0: mm-hmm.
4: um, and they just continue to shock me and knock it out of the park. It's really, really amazing.
0: I'm pleased to hear someone well, else back up my opinion. I would like to right now with
2: you, Mark, on the line with us. Me and... Uh, I watched a few episodes. It's it's not, it's not my thing. And maybe if I start from the beginning, I would succeed to that. Because Jimmy's got me into Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Firefly and all that. But me and John just rail against poor Jimmy here about Battlestar all the time. And really? one of the things, he's like, we got to ask Mark. You know, Does he like Battlestar? I bet he will because you suck. And I'm... <laughs>
4: I just, I'm, I, I'm in awe of anyone who doesn't like Battlestar, but like <laughs> science fiction television. I'm just, I'm like, really? That doesn't sound like I'm right. no, I out like Mark
2: Guggenheim's in all of i <laughs> No,
4: I'm sorry. But you made it, but you made it kind of clear that, like, you haven't seen it from the beginning.
2: No, I'll be very honest. I've there are some shows where I will uh, start right away, or I'll watch, uh, you know, because I forgot to D V R them right when they first start. Um, I have I'll, all the I'll, DVDs. I'll load them to you. <sighs> I know. <laughs> what, what are your other favorite shows, Mark, that are on the TV right now?
4: I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't catch that question. Uh, what?
0: what are your other favorite television shows that you follow right now on the television? I absolutely love Lost. Oh. Uh, I'm totally
4: addicted to Lost. <laughs> um, you know, beyond that, it's really funny. I'm uh, Beyond Lost and Battlestar, which are my two favorite shows, mm-hmm. um, Discounting shows I've, I've been involved with, um, and therefore it can't be objective about it. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> so I, have say, like, I haven't been finding a lot of television uh, to enjoy. So actually, what I've been doing is I've been going on iTunes and uh, like downloading episodes of shows, pilots of shows um, that everyone has been raving about, but I have never seen. For example, uh, a couple of days ago, I finished watching um, the uh, pilot for Damages.
3: Mm, I love that show
4: too. Completely blew me away. And oh, yeah. Was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and uh, you know, I, I watched the first season of Weeds um, mm. and really enjoyed that. Um, I, but it's funny. It's like yeah, a lot of TV right now um, is not really doing it for me. Um, it's it's been a little you know it's been a little tough to find stuff. But also, I mean, I I'm the father of two kids and. I work a lot, so obviously there are like some great shows like them, just like Weeds, that have sort of passed me by, um, and now I'm trying to catch up. Um, for example, I've never seen The Wire, um, and I know a lot of people find that you know completely ridiculous. But um,
2: no, I, I've I, caught uh, a few episodes here and there too, and I I, I understand that on that one. Mm-hmm. It's, from what I've seen, it's very good.
4: Mm-hmm. Wait, no, or, yeah, I'm sorry, it's hard to hear people's voices. Um, did are you the one who doesn't like Uh
2: Yes, I know. <laughs> what do you
0: think? <laughs> <laughs> I think it really doesn't, doesn't matter sound. anymore? Yeah, well, my, every, show, now, every show that you said you like, I, I watch and
2: enjoy as well. Well, so. and i got to say too, and I'm going to feel really stupid for admitting this, but I mean, I'm one, if I, don't, if I look at the show and I, I'm not instantly hooked right away from the thing, I'll admit I don't give the show a chance right away. Um, unless someone sits me down and watches it, and he did, Jimmy did that with me on Eli Stone. He because we have the podcast, and I'm just like, it doesn't look interesting. I won't just watch it right away. Jimmy sat me down. Like you're going to watch this.
0: I told him it was my favorite new show of His last favorite year. Favorite
2: show, and and right the, the first week he said it was great. So I sat down and watched it, and now it's like my favorite TV show of all time. So you know. Oh
4: wow! Well, thank you very much. I I really appreciate that. Really, um, very very much.
0: Okay. Um. I also want to I'm ask sorry, you about uh, Brothers and Sisters, because I know you're a producer on that. What exactly do you do with Brothers and Sisters? Well,
4: I haven't been involved with the show uh, for two years now, um, oh. because basically, um, once Eli went to series, mm-hmm. it was sort of you know, impossible for me to launch Eli and, and continue to work on Brothers, um, which is a real shame, because I absolutely love that show, and I love all the people involved with that show, and I, I really had a blast working on it. Um, but there was just no way to to balance, um, you know, both, uh, you know, launching a, a brand new show, especially one as ambitious as Eli, um, and continuing to work on Brothers and Sisters. I was actually amazed I was able to, you know, uh, work on Brothers and produce the Eli pilot. Um, that that alone nearly killed me. Um, Jeez. That's so not good. Um, I, yeah, no, that was that was pretty. Good. I was like, I remember um, <clears throat> being in production on the on the Eli pilot. Uh, at the same time, I was going in for, into production on my second episode of Brothers and Sisters, and I was like, you know, juggling phone calls and, you know, produ- different production departments from both, you know, productions were calling me, and it, w- it was like, wow, I, I'm never going to do this again. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was it was actually, I mean, working at Brothers was, it was one of the best experiences of my career. I, it was this incredibly, uh, unexpected, unplanned, uh, thing. I wasn't planning on getting involved with a show that year and brothers just sort of happened. And, um, I still keep in touch with everyone over there. Um, it's an incredibly talented, great group of people. And, um, you know, I, I wish, uh, I, I had been able to stay on. Um, if I, if I was able to, you know, take on both, uh, things, it would have, it would have been great to stay on.
2: Oh, well, let me ask you this because, uh, you were lists, well, at least when it lists you an in internet movie database um, it lists you as a supervising producer um, what's mm-hmm. the difference because I mean me and Jimmy um, and I, I think you are too John we're pretty yeah. knowledge about you know what a producer does what an executive producer does and with movies and TV shows it's a little different but I've never heard of a supervising producer before in terms of, of, of anything what's the difference between a producer supervising and an executive on a TV show
4: Oh sure, that's a, that's a great question. Um, well, basically, the way I describe it to people is it's kind of like the difference between being a freshman or a sophomore or a junior and a senior. Um, generally speaking, the titles uh, really refer to you know your quote unquote rank, your number of years in the business. Okay. Um, you know, your first position is a staff writer, and that's your title, a staff writer. Mm-hmm. And then your second year, <laughs> you're a story editor. Third year, you're expect story editor. Uh, fourth year co-producer, producer, supervising producer, co-executive producer, then executive producer. <laughs> oh,
3: <yeah.
4: laughs> uh, so it it really was sort of more than anything just reflects you know you, the, your level of experience in the business. Um, it doesn't directly translate uh, from you know year to year. Um, you know in other words, one title bump per year. Um, at least it, it doesn't lately. I think because um, have become a lot harder in their negotiating stance, uh, stance and. Uh, Those title bumps are not as, um, you know, set in stone or as expected um, as they used to be. Um, But generally speaking, uh, I think, you know, one title per year or, you know, per full season is a a reasonably good barometer.
2: That's that's cool. And, well, let me ask this then. Whose main idea was, because in terms of you're an executive producer, head writer, uh, so to speak, on Eli Stone, whose, I know you co-created with Greg, uh, is it Berlanti? Am I saying that right? Uh, yeah, Greg Berlanti. Yeah, and who you're also working with on Green Lantern, which I we're going to talk to you about here in a second. But how? Whose main idea was it for Eli Stone, uh, or like was it, did you come up with one part of it and then Greg came up with the other part, or like you know obviously it's a partnership, so you guys both created. But I mean, what was the main like goal for Eli Stone, like or who who came up with it? Not goal, sorry. But
4: no, I would say I would say the initial concept of this idea of a lawyer who's a prophet um, it was Greg. Um, he was playing around with a couple of different notions. He was playing around with notions uh, about a guy um who you know sort of experiences fairy tales come to life, you know, and those sort of became the visions of of Eli Stone. He was also dealing with the notion of uh, someone who was a modern day prophet and then um at at some point he you know was wondering, well what if uh what if the modern day prophet was a lawyer um and that's sort of where I started to come into the next because we started talking about uh you know, we'd always been talking. Um, about doing a law show together. And, uh, you know, Greg sort of came to me really as sort of asking legal questions at the beginning. And the more we talked about, the more ideas, you know, sort of started to flesh themselves out. And at some point, Greg just said, do you want to do this with me? Um, and I said, sure. And, uh, and away we went.
2: Well, that that's – and the thing is, too, is I, if I read correctly, you're, you're also a lawyer, too. So, I mean, that's why Greg was coming to you for the lawyer questions.
4: Yeah, yeah. That's that's why I didn't really think much of it at the beginning because um, a lot of my writer friends uh, aren't lawyers, and um, you know they're oftentimes writing uh, shows or episodes about lawyers, and you know they have any number of like, okay, well, how would this happen? Kind of questions, and uh, you know, so I'm very used to sort of having my head, uh, you know, picked um, over these things, and I'm I'm always happy to do it. Um, But then, you know, with Greg, um, we just our lawyerly conversation started to, you know, sort of bleed into story stuff and character stuff. And we just kept talking and talking. And eventually, you know, there were sort of like scenes that we knew would be in the pilot. And, you know, I went off. I was I went to a vacation in Ireland. And uh, I was supposed to write a couple of scenes while I was there. And, um, you know, a couple of scenes just really sort of came to me, you know, almost, you know, whole cloth. And, um, you know, I wrote them down, and I came back to Los Angeles and showed Greg my scenes, he showed me his scenes, and it was very uh, amazing uh, what happened, because we both uh, were writing the exact same characters, like the voices were identical, uh, which is I- incredibly rare. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. level of sort of coordination you have to do that, you know, between two writers, that doesn't come naturally, but it is in this case, and... Uh, yeah, I think that was sort of at the point where I realized, okay, maybe we really should do this together. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we sort of, you know, hunkered down. Um, you know, we went out to his house in Palm Springs and uh, talked a lot about religion and spirituality and broke out the, uh, you know, remainder of the pilot. Um, you know, started writing. We took scenes. We swapped scenes. Um, it was a, you know, it's a very organic process, the way me and Greg worked. So
3: um,
4: it, it just sort of came together.
0: Well, I was excited even before the show got on the air, seeing the cast list. Were any of the characters created with a specific actor already in mind, or did those just kind of come naturally after you already had the outline of the pilot worked out?
4: You know, it it just came naturally. Um, You know, uh, I'm not very good at writing with a certain actor in mind, Um, and I, I tend not to do it, and I don't think Greg did it. I think in the case of Eli, actually, we were both sort of writing like this strange uh, amalgam of his personality and my personality so we definitely didn't have an actor in mind for that um but we uh, we were very lucky we basically had six months to cast uh the pilot typically you get six weeks um that, so we uh good. you know time was yeah we, we saw over a thousand different auditions uh, all across the world um, we had casting offices um in various different countries. Um, you know, casting offices in both on both coasts. Um and we just, you know, really scoured the waterfront, um as it were. And uh, you know, I, I'm I'm really, really, really proud of the uh of the Eli cast. Um
3: oh,
2: both in terms of I absolutely you know, putting them. it in them. I think every I, one of them is good, especially Johnny Lee Manor, who carries the whole show on his back he does. sometimes. He, Amazing,
4: he completely carries the whole show he He carries the show not just in terms of his performance but also in terms of you know his personality you know the the cast and the crew look up to him as a leader um, because I think when you're the lead of a you know single character show um, you become you know the leader of the entire troupe and uh, Johnny really stepped up you know to that role with as much talent and grace as he that's up to his performance. Um, and he's, he's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. And, uh, the rest of the cast is amazing, too. It's, it's a remarkable group of people.
0: Did you make Victor Garber audition? <laughs> uh,
4: no. no. We, uh, I think he made us audition. We, um, it, when we were casting, J.J. Uh, uh, J. Abrams, um, who Victor has a
0: Seen every it's, one of his shows right. every episode. Big JJ fan. rocks. Oh
4: yeah. Yeah. Um, v- uh, Victor was uh, talking to JJ about uh, being cast in uh, a show that he was producing for HBO, and you know, Victor, being Victor, who you know, guy with the, the most remarkable sense of integrity of anyone I've met, um, you know, was like, "Look, I, I would love to do my Stone, but you know, I, I owe JJ, and um, I promised him that I would, uh, you know." be available for him if he ever called. Mm -hmm. Um, So for for the longest time, we didn't think we were going to get him. And then basically JJ was like, you know, sort of let Victor off the hook, as it were. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, Victor said, okay, you know, I'll uh, I'll do it. And, uh, you know, it's such a remarkable, remarkable talent and a remarkable man. And, um, you know, we were incredibly lucky to, uh, you know, to, to get him.
2: Well, I, we have two emails here, because um, we, we've sort of discussed it here, but uh, the most recent one, uh, someone named uh, Matt Minor, one of our listeners, actually wrote in a question, and I'll try to paraphrase a little bit better than the, how he had it written, but um, especially with at least with Johnny Lee Miller, someone who, uh, at least as far as I'm aware of, and and I think as, as Matt's aware of, Matthew Minor's aware of, he's, I guess Johnny Miller's not really a TV show guy, and even in the commentaries, you know, I, he sort of talked about he doesn't he's never you know he's usually more of a movie guy or theater role or he doesn't like theater or TV initially because you know he gets mm-hmm. the role or moves on or at least that's the way it sort of came off. I mean, not that he doesn't do a lot. He loves Eli. It sounds like.
4: I know. I, I think. I, I think that that's generally true. I mean, obviously he. I mean, apart from doing a couple episodes of Smith, um, he had never done TV before um you know not even really guest star roles he he was purely a feature guy
3: mm-hmm.
4: um and that's that's actually what we we knew going in we didn't have a specific uh, actor in mind for your life but we always said that we would pretty much need to find somebody who was a movie star you know who, who had those kind of acting chops um and uh you know we were we were very lucky that Johnny was at a point in his life where he was open to television. You know, he, he had a good experience on Smith, he enjoyed working on it, and, um, you know, he, you know, I, I think he was intrigued by the character of Eli, and he liked the script, and, uh, you know, I, I think he liked me and Craig when we met him, and uh, it, it was very, uh, very, very fortunate um, that he, oh, he yeah. made
2: an exception his acting is, is phenomenal. I, I still tear up, uh, I was showing John because, again, John's Hasn't seen the show too much, but um, I showed him like the last part of the first season finale, where I think it's like, uh, the best acting, where it's him and Dr. Chen. Yep, and, absolutely. And yeah. he's, I, he still gets me every time. He's like, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, am I am I dead? You know, that that gets me to tears every time because it's a very human emotion, and he portrays it wonderfully. So he does.
4: He's a, he's a, I mean he's such a remarkable talent. I mean, you know if I can sort of get on my soapbox. Uh, no, for a minute, right you is. know, <laughs> it, it used to be the, the Emmys um, used to be, you know, purely merit-based. Um, you know, probably best example I can think of is like *Picket Fences*, uh, an incredibly low-rated show and, and not at all a cultural phenomenon or anything that was on anyone's radar won best drama in a row three years running because it was the best yeah, drama in a row that. three years running. And somewhere along the line, like the Emmys sort of became about. Success and/or buzz, and unless your show, like, was you know a critical darling or a uh, you know rating smash, your cast, you know, doesn't get noticed. And uh, it, I think it's a real, it's a real, real travesty to me that, that Johnny didn't get nominated for an Emmy because
3: mm-hmm.
4: um, I think I think his you know, his work on the show was, you know, if not you know if not Emmy winning, uh, certainly Emmy worthy. Um, I agree. But uh, yeah. you know what? Are you, what are you gonna do? It's always next year,
3: I suppose.
1: Well, saying that, this is John, by the way. I haven't. I'm the one that that uh, doesn't really John, know too more, much about your work.
2: You're more musically geeky than we are. So <coughs> yeah, that's that's how you meet. You, you complete the trifecta. Jimmy's TV. <laughs> I'm mostly movies and your music. So ask I'm
1: music I'm the good, question. the bad. You're the bad, and he's the geeky. I guess. <laughs> so
0: ask a music question, John.
1: No. Well, he has well, an email. I got question. an email to read. Okay. Well. Um, this is from uh, listener Bess Schwan, and um, her question is, do you believe it's possible that the reason why Eli Stone was cancelled, because TV is hard, finding it hard to market shows that portray characters in an innate sense of goodness or uh, God-driven conscience? Mm-hmm. That's a great question.
4: Um, well, I think, I think first of all, um, this show in particular is very hard to market. Um, oh, it's I, a show yeah. about... You know, a guy is these British pop stars dancing on a coffee table, and uh, you know, is a lawyer. But it's got comedy and, and relationships and relationship drama and and uh, visual effects and I mean, it, it's a hard show to market. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
4: So that's straight up. I, I guess really to answer that question, um, I, I think my answer is yes, but I'd probably phrase it a little differently. I think television is very much a product of the time in which it's produced and broadcast. And I think, you know, this show uh, may have been about a year or two, uh, ahead of its time, because um, I think, you know, the national um, sort of mood um, under the Bush administration, at least, you know, for the last four years or so, yeah, has been very down, has been very sort of cynical. Um, I don't think you know, I think, um, you know, religion itself is, has sort of gotten a bad name. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know,
3: yeah.
4: there's, you know, there's this, uh, you know, it's funny a lot of people, a lot of critics, uh, criticize Eli for being sentimental. Um, and I sort of find it ironic because I, I think in a Bush administration, it's a sentimental show in an Obama administration, the exact same show is a hopeful show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know as, as Barack Obama starts to change the tone of the country, um, he's probably ironically changing it to a more pro uh, <laughs> well, eli tone. maybe it'll come just in
2: time. Well, I, I'm, I'm sorry
0: sp- what was that.
2: S- speaking of that, well, I I mean,
0: maybe it'll be maybe it'll be just in time. Well, we're lucky.
2: Being that yeah, you be, there you go. being that you're saying that Mark about Obama, uh, I think either you or, or Greg on on TVGuide.com released an image, and then Mike Cassello picked it up, and then I picked it up. And it's 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 in re- regard to the Obama campaign yeah. that beautiful image yeah. of Eli saying to Thank believe?"
4: Let, let me uh, first of all let me let me give a big shout out to Kristen Cobb, uh, Eli's graphic designer, um, for doing that. Um, and I can give you a little background of how that came about. Sure. Um, this is you know I, I was you know you're always thinking okay what can I do you know to help the show out and I thought well maybe some kind of viral marketing campaign and I had the idea for you know, taking this image of Eli and, and, you know, sort of Obama-fying it. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I emailed, uh, I emailed Kristen the image I wanted to work with and I said, look, you know, in between, you know, actually working and doing stuff for the show, maybe you could, um, you know, you know, sort of obama this image for me. And, um, less than 24 hours later, she had the, uh, the image and it was perfect and I, I didn't have a single note and it was like completely amazing and I, you know, in, in accordance with my, you know, my viral marketing ambitions, I, you know, sent it out to various different websites and whatnot. And yes, it wound up in tv.com, which is great. Um, and then, uh, two days later we were canceled. Um, uh-huh. so,
3: yeah.
4: um, you know, I was, it's, the idea was, uh, perhaps too little, too late, but, uh, I, I, I love that image. I'm, I'm, you know, incredibly enamored with it. And it, it works perfectly. It's a, it, it, says a lot about the show
3: it's
4: Mm -hmm. um you know it's great Kristen did such a remarkable job um yeah it's uh, a
2: beautiful image and it's exactly i i mean the the term believe in eli or believe eli that was that like apparently ever part of the show otherwise like you saw that before or was that uh, just for the poster
4: you know it's funny actually that that dates back to when we were filming the pilot. believe it or not, Eli's apartment is the LA Times building. Um and we actually are, are a very talented production designer for the pilot. I didn't um, know
2: that. That's, I'm trans- sort of a on that
4: sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh well he, he transformed uh this two, this conference room into sort of a two bedroom apartment for Eli and um we were shooting night for night um and we were you know, so we would start you know, production, basically at sundown and go up till sun up for two days in a row. And I think, like, on the second day, or around four in the morning, you know, your brain's thinking a million things, and um, it occurred to me that, you know, the word believe had Eli in it, or, you know, you couldn't spell believe without e- Eli. <laughs> um, and it, it never uh, made it, that concept never made it onto the show, but we actually, we we used it a lot internally. Um we put it on the, there's a document that you have to basically give the network after you finish the pilot that sort of indicates, you know, sort of where you're planning on going with the show and, um, you know, some suggestions for basic episodes and whatnot. And we put that on the cover page. Um, and we, you know, the the crew baseball caps for season one, you know, have Belize. I think it's like on just about all the swag that we made for the show, you know, Christmas gifts and whatnot. So we used it a lot internally, um, but it never actually made it onto the, the TV show.
0: I have one more question about Eli. Uh, what happened to George Michael? How come he hasn't been in season two?
4: Um, you know, George, uh, you know, was, you know, at the start of season two, George was touring. Um, mm-hmm. He was on a, you know, a whirlwind tour of America. Um, so we were talking about trying to make it work with his schedule, um, but it was nearly impossible to do um, while he was uh, on tour because there just wasn't enough time in between tour dates to allow for travel you know, to and from L.A. Um, along with you know, all the pre, you know, pre-shooting stuff you need to do, you know, like hair and makeup and wardrobe and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, then after his tour ended, um, you know, George, you know, became unavailable, um, you know, in London, and, uh, it was just something we could never put together, so, it was something we were always talking about, um, we really, really wanted to do very badly, um, but, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, circumstances are just not in your favor. Right. Yep.
2: Okay, um, well, if we'd like to move off your life soon for just, just a bit, because, I mean, you've obviously worked on tons of other stuff, and we like to sort of, in, in- conference that too, and, um, uh, and I just know only time I'll ask this because I, I saw, also saw that you were, you were on CSI in Miami and this, I, I've heard a lot of rumors about this and I thought with well, anything, you know, you might know and I obviously understand if you decline the question and that is, there's been a lot of uh, news on Micah saying that uh, the one of the lead actors who likes to take his glasses on and off has a door phobia and that the whole shooting thing meets that requirement. Is that true? <laughs> I know that's very juvenile to ask,
4: but... I have never, ever heard that uh, experience, that... I wasn't on the show for very long, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, um, that just... I don't see how that's possible.
2: <laughs> well, uh, uh, supposedly... There,
4: there are so the... many scenes uh, where his character is, is outdoors. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I... That, that, it,
2: that that doesn't sound right to me. Right. Well, I, it, it was like a one of because you know I'm a cello posts those blind items, and you know the part of I don't usually like that kind of stuff because I don't read the, the the Star magazine. I don't read that stuff, but it does sort of make you go, I because I, I follow that stuff. I'm like, really, who has a phobia? Like who, like I just I, I just I'm, I'm intrigued by I guess mundane stuff, and and when I heard it, it, was, it was, they were probably saying it was on Miami, and I was watching on My dad loves the show, just absolutely loves it. Um, and I would notice that after that blind man came out, I would notice that Horatio would never uh, go through the door. You would—they would shoot around it, and that's—I was like, oh my gosh! I—I I a stupid question, so I just throw it out there. I am so sorry for the stupidity of the question. But let's
0: talk about a, a green horde. What's going on with green yeah, horde? don't. Worry. Green Lantern. A Green Lantern. I'm so sorry. Oh my
4: God. I know. I'm so used to the hearing. I know it's like it's like that's gonna be like on the greatest
0: Correcting
4: uh, <laughs> people. I, I constantly yeah. I'm constantly getting questions about Green Hornet. I'm just starting asking them, answering them. I think. I think that's my next plan. Uh, but uh, you know, it, yeah, it's going well. Um, you know, before the holidays, we turned in our. Uh, you know, our latest draft uh, to the studio that they really uh, respond incredibly favorably to. Um, they're like, oh my God, the script's really come up so much. And we're like, really? We thought you liked the script. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, which I, I think they did, but I think I that think was a, I, I think both, you know, I can't speak for Michael, uh, but both Greg and I really felt like um, we really um, solved a lot of things in that latest draft um, you know, that that a lot of uh points in the movie became really sort of crystallized for us. Um so it's it's always nice right when you, you sort of have this feeling of um you know of, of accomplishment. Um and and basically, you know, right now um I think I think we're just waiting on some decisions uh from the studio. Very cool. You know, in terms of like release date and budget and, you know, stuff like that. Is so. it true you're
0: trying to <laughs> um, get a Superman scene in there, too?
4: You know, um, I, I I I did have one originally. Um, I can't say that it's in the most recent draft, um, but, you know, you never know. I mean, the, the, the most recent draft is it's not the shooting draft, so um, anything is possible. But it was something that, that we've been kicking around.
2: Well, is that, is that something that DC is because you're saying that is that DC something's kicking around then is sort of what Marvel's trying to do right now? Um,
4: no, honestly, the the Superman thing I'll, I'll take full blame or, or credit for. It. Um, it, it was that was a notion that I had thrown out, um, you know, very sort of originally, initially on, um, you know, back when we were just talking about, you know, moments in in the, the entire movie. Um, you know, it wasn't something that was mandated or not mandated by DC. Um, I honestly don't know sort of what DC's plan is vis-a-vis like an overarching, you know, sort of Marvel-esque, uh, kind of approach to things. Um, that happens well above my pay grade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I, I just, uh, you know, my whole attitude is I throw out crazy ideas and, um, you know, and, and sometimes they stick and sometimes they don't. and. Sometimes they're in the script, and then sometimes they're out of the script, and then sometimes they come back in. Um, you know, so that, that's what's kind of, you know, I, I think fun and fascinating about writing, you know, features, which you get to take more time with, and you get to experiment with things, um, as opposed to television, where the turnaround time is so quick. You have to do a new script every eight days. You don't have as much time to play around with, you know, different ideas and um, different moments and notions. So. Um, you know, I, as far as, you know, will Superman definitively be in the movie? I won't know that until we lock picture. Um, you know, we could we could film it and we could decide to cut it out in editing. Um, mm-hmm. Stranger things would happen, so...
2: Well, let me ask you know, this then. I mean, with Superman, if you, in a perfect world, say it could be, least, if anything, shot and then done, uh, or say it's like, even if it's a deleted scene, who would you want to be playing Superman? Would you want Brandon, I think it's Ruth, or Brandon Ruth? Ruth. Ruth, Brandon, Ruth. Oh,
4: that's interesting. That's a really interesting question. Um, I don't know. I, I think I, I can see a good reason to bring in Brandon, and I could, could see a good reason to, to bring in Tom Welling. Um, I guess you know, or you know, if, if you know DC was far, far enough down the road with a Superman movie with a different Superman, I could see bringing in that person. I remember um, back when Batman Begins. Was filming. I, I thought one of the better internet rumors I read was that Tom Welling was having a cameo as young Clark Kent, mm-hmm. um, meeting young Bruce Wayne. Um, you know, I love that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a total uh, fan of, of inside jokes like that and sort of tight continuity like that. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I can see, I, I can see good arguments being made on, on both, on both sides for both Brandon and, and Tom. Um, you know, I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. I just, it would be cool either way. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Now, growing up, were you a uh, DC or a Marvel guy?
4: Well, that's uh,
2: a question. <laughs> I, I understand you work for both names, so, so that's why we're specifying it childhood.
4: <laughs> you know, um, I oh, wait, oh, childhood? Yeah. Um, My childhood, you know, I had a very normal progression in the sense that Um, I, you know, when I first started reading comics, I was a DC guy. And then as I grew a little bit older, um, you know, like I guess between ages six and 10, um, I started reading, you know, Marvel comics and pretty much from that point forward, I, you know, to this very day, I I pretty much read, you know, I'm not just saying this to stay employed, but, um, (laughs) I, I really do read Marvel and DC stuff in equal measure, I think. Um, you know, because that's, that's sort of the... You know the thing that I discovered with myself, sort of, at least in my teen years, was I stopped reading uh, for characters and I started following writers and artists. Um, I guess I, that actually even went back, like since I was, you know, since I was like 10. Um, like I, you know, followed John Byrne from, uh, you know, from X-Men to Fantastic Four,
3: mm-hmm.
4: um, you know, and then you know, and then on to Superman. So, um, you know, I. I you know, I really did find myself, you know, reading both sides of the street simply because, you know, people like John and and you know Walt Simonson and Frank Miller and uh, you know all those sort of legends um, were writing for both companies at least, you know, over the course of you know my my childhood. So, um, you know, I'm I'm pretty nonpartisan. I have to say. Um, I know it's not a very exciting answer. No, no. Well.
2: well, I I it's what I was trying to specify out because I know sometimes like when you're growing up um I I've always been more Marvel than than DC um unless when it comes to the movies or TV shows because usually the DC properties always come off a little bit well except for Batman uh Batman and Robin which I'll let that slide, <laughs> you know.
4: Uh, oh, you're a better man than me. <laughs> well, no, like, my, my uh, thing Those was, are two hours of my life I'm never getting back. No, no, I, I, agree <laughs> I, I agree with that statement.
2: I agree with that statement. I don't think Batman and Robin was, was all that good, but, I mean, comparatively, beyond, I thought Batman Forever was okay. Oh, well,
4: I did, too, actually. I happen to like Batman Forever. Um, uh, I, I did, too. I, love I I think Batman that movie really gets a bum rap. Well,
2: the thing yeah, that always Batman bothered... Forever is actually pretty good. The thing that always bothered me was... And it's one of the reasons why, like, I'm a huge Godzilla fan, and it's one of the things that I, I guess I, I I'm I, I didn't love the movie that final movie that came out with Matthew Bark, but at the same time, it's the same thing with Batman and Robin, which is they made Batman Forever, and they they took what worked in that movie, which was pretty much all the weird stuff that that sort of made the the last movie suck, <laughs> I mm-hmm. guess, the, but they overdid it like with the bad cheesy lines and the the shot of the bat yeah. butt and the bat nipple and. You know. <laughs> and then people got mad at it and I'm just like, Well, I really can't blame Joe Schumacher. The studio yeah. probably said, Well, this worked in the first and the last one you did, let's do more of that. But
4: how's your work on you know, I think I think that's the... oh, how's sorry, sorry. Oh.
2: Spider
0: Man going?
4: Oh, it's going well. Um I you know, I am uh finally finished with the scripting of character assassination, which um I have to say that was usually the hardest most difficult, um, not that hard and most difficult, but not the exact same thing, um, the comic book project I've, I've had thus far. Um, I, I almost didn't know what I was getting myself into when I sat down to, to work on it. I thought it was going to be the easiest because it actually had the benefit originally of being broken by the entire brain trust. Um, was something we'd worked out in our summit um, You know, before I started writing it. Um, but then as I started writing, I realized, wow, there's not like enough happening here, um you know. If I just stick to the outline as, as we initially conceived of it, that there wasn't enough action, there wasn't enough, you know, um, you know, we, we'd worked out a good story. Um, but, uh, as often, you know, as is often the case, it was a good story in outline form, but just didn't make for enough, uh, you know, meat on the bone um, when you go to script it. So, you know, that was the first time I sort of. Ripped it apart and try to put it back together, and then there was some scheduling issues that that made me have to you know sort of condense it from five issues to four issues. Um, but I actually think that that to the good because you know each each of those four issues now is really jam packed with stuff. I mean, there's really no decompression here at all, um, and that that is you know really to the good. Um, I think you know we always had Steve Wacker and I. It's better to do four amazing issues than five you know pretty decent issues, mm-hmm. um so what we ended up doing was doing four issues broken up by a one issue self contained interlude um, you know which is you know i think sort of the best of all possible worlds because that interlude um was originally just like a two page scene uh when I wrote it um because of time um
3: mm-hmm.
4: But it really needed to be 22 pages to fully, you know, delve into the emotional, um, you know, stuff that, that that issue deals with. So um, I'm I'm really happy with you know where we ended up. Um, I think I think when people read the five issues in succession, um, they'll look great.
2: Cool. Well, let me let me ask this um, for those out there who who might I mean I mean I me Jimmy and John know what uh, what the Spidey drain, Brain Trust is uh, and also. Uh, can you explain a little bit what that is and also what brand new day, One More Day, Brand New Day is for those out there who might not know that way they can pick up character assassination to, or, or the, even the trade oh, yeah. for that?
4: No, absolutely. Um, let's see. Well, um, to answer your first question, uh, the Spidey Brain Trust is um, back uh, concurrent with One More Day slash Brand New Day. Marvel decided rather than publish three different uh, unconnected Spider-Man titles uh, you know, each coming out once a month, why not, you know, get rid of the other two titles and only publish the flagship of Amazing Spider-Man uh, and publish that three times a month. Now, you know, um, probably no one in their right mind, uh, except for maybe Kurt Busiek, um, would try to write uh, a comic book that came out three times a month. <laughs>
3: um,
4: but uh, I think Kurt's a great guy. I, I, I hope he... Uh, Listen to that with a great um, but um, it, you know the Surrender but then you know have, get Kurt I guess uh, they decided to uh, um, basically employ like uh, what you would on a TV show which is a writing staff uh, so basically that's what the Brain Trust is it's, it's really the writing staff for the uh, Amazing Spider-Man comic the same way there would be a writing staff for an Amazing Spider-Man TV show
3: hmm.
4: Um that's the first part of the question. The second part of the question is, what's One More Day, Brand New Day? Um, well, basically, um, what One More Day was, uh, well, there's you know, sort of what it is from a story perspective and then what it is from just a practical sort of creative, uh, you know, intense perspective. Um, mm-hmm. From a creative intent, basically, the, the mission statement of One More Day was um, basically put the Spider-Man slash Peter Parker slash Mary Jane marriage uh, back in the bottle, um, you know, sort of retcon uh, that, you know, marriage away, um, you know, undo it without killing off Mary Jane, uh, without getting them divorced, um, without, you know, waking up and finding that Peter or Mary Jane is a clone or a squirrel or whatnot. Right. Um, so, uh, the decision was made um, to, you know, basically, you know, uh, have a story where um, Peter uh, is really fighting for Aunt May's life. Aunt May is critically wounded, and um, in order to save her life, uh, Peter and Mary Jane uh, make a bargain with Mephisto, um, who's you know the, the Lord of the Underworld in the Marvel Universe. And uh, Mephisto, you know, doesn't do anything for free. He's like, I can save uh, Aunt May's life, but I uh, want. You know, I want something in return. That's basically your love. Um, and the title "One More Day" basically is, you know, refers to you know the last, uh, you know, the last day um, that Mary Jane and Peter are together. Um, you know, and, and the one more day of life that they're looking for for Aunt May. Uh, and brand new day was, you know, basically the new three times a month, uh, you know, post one more day status quo, with uh, Peter no longer being married to Mary Jane. Um, Mary Jane sort of being missing in action, as it were. She's not really, you know, missing in action. That she's out of town, and, and you know, no one's been in contact with her. Um, and uh, you know, and, and thus begins, uh, you know, Brand thus new begins day. Brand new day.
2: Well, let me ask I'm this. Sorry. I'm, uh, oh, no, you're fine. Uh, you're yeah, You're you're perfectly fine. I mean, uh, I mean, me, Jimmy, and John know what that was. But I mean, there are probably a lot of people out there who who might. Uh, Follow comics, but might not know uh, they my fallen off touch with Spider Man. So they they have no idea what that was. So I mean that that you're fine. Um, but I guess uh, my question on top of that was at least with character assassination, um, will that wrap up the the storyline with? Because uh, I know there's been some talk about MJ as possibly one of the super villains or superheroes that's been sort of seen or, off and on in the past few uh, issues. Uh, and also yeah, we had a. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
4: Uh, we had a character, uh, who we introduced, uh, in, named Jackpot, um, who, um, you know, obviously Mary Jane is associated a lot with that word, the Tiger, you have the Jackpot. Um, she's got red hair, but then, uh, in the annual, uh, that came out a few months ago, we revealed, uh, who Jackpot really was, and, uh, it wasn't Mary
3: Jane. Oh, oh okay. Uh, okay. much
4: to the release uh, much to the relief of uh, probably a lot
2: of people. <laughs> All right, well, I, I guess my other follow-up to sort of that was is that at the end of uh, One More Day, uh, right before Mephisto grants the, the deal, Mary Jane whispers something into his ear. D- yeah. Do you guys know what that is? And if so, is that finally discussed in Brand New Day or, or, or you know, a character assassination? Or is that n- still not said, and they probably won't say what that was?
4: Um, we, we have yet to say it. Um, we've talked a lot about what she did say. Uh, we talked a lot about when we would reveal that, how we would reveal that. Um, you know, at the end of the day, um, or at the end of the brand day, that's, that's not, um, you know, it's not my call to make, uh, you know, all on my own. Um, it's something that, you know, we, we continue to talk about. Um, but, uh, you know, whether or not we'll ever reveal that, that, that like, I don't know. There's no plans to do so right now.
2: That's that's very cool. Like, I always thought it was a way just in case if things didn't go the way they thought it was going to go. with Because Brand- obviously Brand New Day has been a huge success. Um, I thought that was sort of like their possible scapegoat just in case as a way to get everything back to the way it was just in case Brand New Day didn't work out. But, I mean, I that that's probably going to be horribly wrong. <laughs>
4: Um no I I think it it definitely you know exists as a way uh to undo brand new day if if uh you know people would to choose to do so but um honestly I can't imagine you know I, I I'm very much of the philosophy that you know nothing in comic books stays for, you know the same forever right. um you know you know bucky didn't stay dead forever you know <laughs> uh ben yes. Allen is not going to stay dead forever you know, no one stays dead forever. You know, clone stuff gets undone. I mean, everything. You know, I think sort of has sure. a shelf life. Um, <laughs> sure. There you go. Um,
3: <laughs> you know, and same thing by the
4: way with with the marriage. I mean, obviously the marriage was sort of you know the law of the land, as it were, the fast quo for 20 years, um, and now it no longer is. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if the pendulum were to swing back the other way one day. Um, you know, far off in the future. Um, that's the nature of comic books. Um, but you know, right now, um, there's zero plans to, to undo it. Um, you know, I think, you know, I think all the people sort of involved, you know, myself included with Spider-Man right now, all feel pretty strongly that an unmarried Spider-Man is the best purest version of the character. Um, you know, so we're just, you know, moving along those lines.
2: Right. I, I, I'm always been, I'm a, I'm, I love Spider-Man. My dad sort of, it's the way me and my father really bonded because when I was growing up, you know, my dad, uh, always tried to push sports on me and especially in the small town that we all came from. Sports is like the big thing. And like, if you do music mm. uh, within your own group, like band or choir, you know, those are your, your groups of friends or those who respect and, you know, respect you. But, um, sure. my, my dad always pushed sports upon me. And, you know, a big fat guy playing soccer just is not where it's at. I gotta tell you. So one day I was digging through some stuff and I found all these old Spider-Man books. Like my dad has the premiere, the Punisher, the Death of Gwen Stacy. Granted, the covers ripped off because I oh, wow. read it so much. But I mean, all? yeah, he he had all of them. And at the time, I was I'm a huge Ninja Turtle fan. And he's like, listen, mm-hmm. if you like comic books and you if you want to be serious, like he was training like if you want to be serious about this, this is serious reading. I'll let you read my hey. Spider Man, <laughs> and, and so I was like, Dad, I'm very serious. I I'm intrigued about Spider Man. Ever since then, I've been a Spider Man fan, and I guess as part of, of the geek side of me, always sort of thought that well, hey, you know, Spider Man always has the world you know crashing down on him, but there's always Mary Jane and him. So that part of me is a little sad, but the other part of me is like, well, you know, it's true though. The whole point of of Peter Parker and Spider Man is, is the world's on him. Yeah, you know, so I I'm I'm a bit of Uber, which is I'm on both sides like I'm like eh, but at the same time like it if the story's done right it can be done very well and I've heard nothing but good things about Brand New Day. So um well, thank you. No, I what well, um I don't have a lot of my I mean, I spend more like on DVDs and stuff. So uh, unless it's trade paperback um which I think they just released I think One More Day or some of the One More Day stuff and I uh, have it did. ordered. So but I'm slow to well, catching well, thank up. You.
0: <laughs> besides all the things um, you've been asking you about do you have any other projects whether it be comic book or TV or movie or anything coming up
4: uh, let's see what do I do um, well you know here's something that, that I never talk about um, I, I never talk about uh, the Wolverine video game that's coming out hmm. uh, based yeah. on the Wolverine movie um, but I wrote the uh, script for that um, so I'm really looking forward to that um, you know that coming out uh, contemporaneous with, uh, contemporaneously contemporaneously <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> Did you get
0: to it's take a sneak peek of the movie since
4: you worked on the video game? Uh, you know, I, I not actual footage. I've seen, like, various pre-production stuff and, and, you know, stills and whatnot, but I haven't actually, you know, seen any footage rolling. Um, Couldn't you, you use know, that I'm as really like
2: a trump card? Idea. Like, you just go, yeah, I'm supposed to be doing all this stuff for you guys, but I'd like to see some footage.
4: <laughs> you know, it's funny. I... <laughs> it never occurred to me to do this you know I uh, I I very much come from the the school of thought that if they wanted to show it to me they would show it to
3: me Mm
2: -hmm. Um, you know me saying that to you is completely different from being in your situation which is like I would probably be the same thing which is like you know what this is all they're giving me Let's get to work. And then, like, the back of... My, but then, like, you know, if someone else, you know, I being that I'm not doing that, I would totally think it's like, oh, I would totally use that to score some footage of Hugh Jackman going snickety-snick and going all into it. It's... it's. Uh, I, you
4: know, I think, I think uh, you'd probably find yourself, just as I do, just really enjoying what, what you are seeing.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, getting a chance to read the script, getting a chance to see the production stuff. Um, you know, that, that, that can you know if if you're a geek um like me uh that that'll that'll hold you over for for quite some time anyway
0: can you release any spoilers um, I'm sorry what was can that? you release any spoilers of the movie? Tell us anything that the public doesn't know yet
4: <laughs> well um yeah I mean actually there are a few things um yeah, there are a few things I would say. I, I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, oh, yeah. I would say should, should, you should go frame by frame through the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's some you know surprises yeah. in the trailer that uh, you're probably not catching on casual inspection.
2: I'm mm-hmm. interested. I'm you know I during back when I was really getting into Spider-Man, went out. My dad, I started buying Wolverine books because you know he's always when you're younger, he's always the best part of X-Men. So, you know, initially sure. in theory, and when you're looking at it, and when you grow up, you realize there's great other characters. But my, I got into Wolverine, and my dad actually, my it was like a, one Christmas, everything I got from everybody was Wolverine issues number one through like twelve. So I learned about Emiko and Silver Fox and all that stuff. Yeah. And I know Deadpool, Gambit, and Silver Fox is in it. But so I, now that you said that, I'm gonna have to because sometimes I do that. I go through like the comic book movies and go, where's all the good hitting goody?
4: Nope, no, you're you're dead on. You're you're absolutely right.
2: So I I yeah I'm I'm very psyched for for. There, there
4: are other there are other you know there's plenty of surprises. I mean that's the thing. It's like um you know there, there's plenty of uh, you know I, I would say all the stuff you would want to see in the prequel basically. Mm-hmm. You know the nods, all the things that you know are going to happen going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know this movie's chock full of them. Um, you know and again it's one of those things like some of them you know may end up on the cutting room floor and be in. You know um, the deleted scenes, but um, they're there, and it's pretty cool.
2: Well, uh, I have one more Eli Stone question for you because uh, we're we're sure. almost running out of time here, and I want you know you've been very gracious, to give us uh, almost an hour now, so I'll let you get back to to, to everything. Oh, my pleasure. But um, on Eli Stone, obviously, if. Worst case scenario, which I, I truly hope not, and I, and I think we all agree here, and some of our listeners agree, because yeah. that's the thing. For supposedly though, Nielsen says it's the low, it's one of the, you know it's not getting any good ratings. Everyone I know watches the show. So, but if just in case it does not get picked up, being you are very big into comic books, is Eli Stone possibly going to come you know finish its story in comic book form, maybe even a movie, TV movie of the week, something.
4: Um.
2: You know what? I'm not oh, at liberty to say. Oh! That is... You know, have no got, idea got, how... You. you have you no like, idea how happy that makes me right now because I, I I'm sometimes a, a pessimist. Taste, yeah. I'm sometimes pessimistic and I, I, I don't want to be with Eli's case because it's such a very hopeful show. That's mm-hmm. the message. But um, if anything, I was like, please, please, please. Like this The story is so good. so moving. Everyone I know watches okay. it. I've got my mom and dad into the show. And uh so
0: is there anything else you'd like to say or talk about real quick before we let you go? Oh, uh you know um no I look I mean I could
4: chill all day long. Um you know uh, there's there's enough stuff going on but I won't waste your guys' time with that. Um but thank you very very much for you know for being interested in you know my me and my work and uh, thank you to your listeners for you know similarly being interested, I, I really do appreciate
2: it. No, Absolutely, anytime. thank you thank you very, yeah, very we've, much. Yeah, you've been very more helpful and especially this is uh, if I didn't say, yeah, this is our actual first real interview with anybody
0: Oh wow, cool. Anybody yeah, yes. so, yeah, really important. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me, yeah, let me <laughs> rephrase that. And, okay, and right so we've told everybody everybody we know about this interview, so you'll have lots of listeners and thank yes. you so much for doing this. Yes, thank you thank much you. again Mark
4: it's more than you can't tell on the podcast that I'm I'm (laughs) lucky thank you guys very very much but we are (laughs) soon thanks a lot guys I really appreciate it thank Thank you you. bye bye
3: (laughs) bye jeez you're
2: a creep go away we're having a good time and tell you son of a go have some coffee with cream or something because I'll tell you something this is a happy place well, fuck your punctuality bitch no. I'm fucking nervous do it um, fuck you give me a fucking nervous. second <laughs> What's that? Are you nervous, John? Because I'm not. No, I'm eating pizza. Okay. <laughs> Fuck
1: you all. <laughs> I'm like, so guy. Just,
2: well, I have te- technical <laughs> stuff to worry about.
1: Fuck your punctual. Commas up. and exclamation <laughs> points. You know what,
2: then you, you start it off then. Okay. No, but no, you can't start off because I'm better than you.
0: No, you're not. No, you I don't. know. I know. You started the interview, so you
2: totally deserve to lead. it. No, in. I'm not. Yeah. I don't. Okay, here we go. Oh my god, it's ringing. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs>
1: are you recording
2: yeah okay. i am recording.